the strategy that I would love to do is you would basically mix some of the tried and true genetics like the Mac with some of these, you know, crazy land races that people are, you know, discovering in Southeast Asia or, I mean, people are growing cannabis uh, when you want to make sure you get your seeds from a, you know, a legitimate vendor, but, you know, people are, you know, growing cannabis all over the world, right? From Afghanistan, Pakistan to Southeast Asia, down to South America, plus all over the United States, right? Uh, some of the best seed vendors are, you know, right in uh, California, right in uh, Humboldt County. Um, so, and then there's the whole thing where you could do feminized or unfeminized seeds. And the more I looked into that, I kind of, I don't want to harsh on anyone's seed business, but basically definitely the, the big time producers, they just go straight through the, the feminized seeds. They just don't want to mess around. They just want to grow a bunch of flower and just uh, female flower and be happy with that. I'm more interested in, you know, genetics and whatnot. And so if you're breeding, you may not want to get, you know, feminized seeds, right? Because you need some males in there and all that jazz. But but we're going down a whole can of worms. But, but anywho, uh, enough seed talk. So for those of you who are new, uh, Grant, my name's Keegan. I started a company, Canlytics. So got into the space first by helping out labs that test cannabis. And now we're just trying to organize and make cannabis data accessible. So it's sort of all hands on deck moment. So happy to have you here. So yeah, yeah thanks for the, thanks, thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm just kind of curious about the space. I'm a pretty young data scientist and was honestly just wanting to learn more. Too cool. Well, we've got a real interesting project at hand. At the moment, we're basically wrangling data from certificates of analysis. So basically, cannabis has to get mandated quality assurance testing. And while that can be a sore point for a lot of producers, what I try to point out is this is also putting a lot of data in your hands, right? These are rigorous tests, right? And you're getting all the compounds in your products measured so you know instead of just leaving that data on your table you know you may as well take full advantage of it and so basically people have all this data in pdfs or sometimes it's on the web um but it's amazing how much data can get locked up in a pdf and get rendered rendered useless um and so i've seen it where people will have hundreds, if not thousands of these COAs, and they're just saved on their Google Drive somewhere and they're not doing anything with them. So basically we're building tools here to unlock that data and it's open source. So I'll show you today how one, you know, you can go pick up these tools and make money with them, right? You can go talk with labs and laboratory software providers and help them out and help out retailers, help out producers. So, you know, the sky's the limit here. But um, anyone have any thoughts, comments, questions before we just dive straight into the to the fun? Uh, one, one curiosity that I have is just generally like how much analytics is actually happening right now in the cannabis space, like is, data analysis or data science a pretty hot topic right now, or is it still kind of brooding? John may have a thought or two on this. My thought is there's a supply, but I think the demand far outstrips the supply. So, and it also can be a tough sell, right? Um, you know, going to these producer processors or retailers, I think a lot would benefit from analytics, but their first question is going to be, what's my return on investment? So if you're not able to clearly articulate what their return is going to be, they probably won't even entertain a conversation with you. Um, so 
So, you know, it, but, but like I said, uh, some of the more savvy players are realizing this is something that they need. And so they're trying to find, you know, analytics providers. And now I said, as I said, I think there's just a very, very small supply. So, you know, if you're interested in bringing your skills into the space, I think, think there's a demand for it. But John or anyone else, do you have any thoughts about how much analytics is needed here in the cannabis space? I may be well, buying. I could go on forever. <laughs> but but as I said, people are getting more more savvy to it. And it's not even just the cannabis space. It's more just industry in general. The way I describe it was maybe, you know, 2015 to 2018 or so were, were like the databasing years. Like those were basically where people were just trying to figure out, like, how can we just put a cap? on this fire hose of data coming out. People were trying to figure out how to collect it, what could be collected, where to store it, how to store it, what the data should look like, uh, what, what should standards be, all that jazz. And that's largely been figured out. And so now people have these giant databases. So now people have all their data, yeah, it may have been cleaned by 2015 standards, but so be it. We'll take it. Um, so now they've got their data, and now it's you know time to do something with it. And the issue yeah. is several fold. Um, the data sets in the cannabis space are by and large pretty narrow in focus. Um, Part of that is historical, and as regulatory has come on, they've principally focused on product safety and product safety attributes that can be measured. Uh, again, California took the lead because of their pesticide focus, and it really drove pesticide analysis big time in the analytics space, microbial testing, um, and the cannabinoid levels as they come online. But that's about it. We tried very hard during when there was public comment period in uh, California during the run up to the uh, Prop 68. And we tried to push pretty hard that they should be expanding it beyond just cannabinoids. And we pushed hard for terpene analysis to be required by regulatory. And that never happened. And so that's hit or miss. Um, the field is moving towards having terpene analysis more prevalent in the commodity now consumers are starting to demand it so you're starting to see it but the other key compounds that would be affecting the outcome namely esters and, th and thiols sulfur containing compounds are not really part of the analysis yet so we get a very narrow perspective on what you can uh, tease out and interpret. Um, anyway, I'll stop there, but I need, I would like to see broader types of analyses. Uh, again, it's a marketing question because what's the ROI? But at the end of the day, I think cannabis, it's pretty narrow in its focus. And so um, there's only so much you can get from narrow data sets. And that's where the cannabis data science team comes in. And I think that's where sort of the lesson of the day will fit in so nicely because I'll show you how we've been stuck on these real easy low hanging fruit. And I'll show you how we can use a cherry picker to go and get the, uh, the hard to reach fruit today, right? Because that's what we're all about using clever tools to get the juicy fruit that's just out of reach. So here is one of these certificates of analysis that John is talking about. So this is, I think, just a mock product, or maybe not, um, but just, you know, some flower that was sampled here in January. And you can see, okay, it passed the, the overall tests. And typically what people will put on their label is, you know, they'll just put maybe the total THC, the total C CBD, 
in the total cannabinoids because chances are the vendor who purchased so at the retailer right some vendor purchased this flower from a wholesaler like a producer in california would be a distributor so this distributor sold this product to a retailer they're putting it on the shelf and all they have is this pdf so this is cool right so i always say the labs sell you know their their product is twofold one it's the certificate saying yes you know this got signed off on by by the laboratory director at greenleaf labs and then the second part are the the data points so you know the retailer could you know try to copy and paste this and put this into excel and so they probably do that to a certain extent right they probably grab the cannabinoids and they make their labels however i mean look at all these all these data points here and so this is what john was talking about so now you come down and okay this sample was tested for terpenes so now you have all the monoterpenes and sesquiterpenes but that's going to you know you're going to have to start paying someone by the hour right if you're just going to have somebody copy and paste this into excel you're getting dozens of these a day maybe maybe you've got hundreds of these right you're looking at quite quite a the cost if you just want to pay someone to copy and paste this into excel um and then oh man like you know now now you've got all the the pesticides down here so all the pesticides heavy metals mycotoxins which are produced by microbes and so then you also have your product screen and, and double check me on that i'm not a microbiologist so definitely double check that, that's a whole field of its own and that's what's cool about the laboratory right is you may have microbiologists working who know this know these analytes really well you may have a chemist who's performing your heavy metal test you may have another chemist performing your pesticide test so this is awesome data right these are top-notch scientists producing this data so you know why just you know let this go to the garbage not the garbage bin but you know why just let this collect dust in your your drive was there a question or comment uh so yeah so you mentioned that this is to some degree open source like i guess i'm just curious now like where how you get access to these types of like compliance testing reports and whatnot and like i don't know i'll probably learn more i, I don't have too much actually time left until my next meeting but i'll be coming uh next week to a like kind of a longer meeting to talk more graham where are you i'm in salt lake city right now yeah, so you're going to be more limited in Utah than you are in jurisdictions like Washington, California, Oregon, um, in terms of accessing this. It's more or less open source. I believe Washington State is doing a much better job at getting this out in open source mode. Um, California, it's all required, but it doesn't circulate. It circulates at the level of the distributor and the retailer and the consumer can ask for it and hopefully get it but it's not like it's all online and you can just go download it, it yeah it, and um and grant i'll have to point you to our our episode from last week and i'll try to get that uploaded for you because basically the idea is right these tests are being performed for um for for consumer safety right so if you're a consumer right you know you should be able to access your your data here um so uh hey, one second so let me so for example 
Um, let's say one of your products. So here is like a product that I recently uh, purchased here in, in California, right? So you, you can get this product and then on the label, it'll have a, it may have a QR code, right? And so here you could find these results online. And so the idea is, you know, at the end of the day, the reason the quality assurance is mandated is to get the consumer educated about their product. And so that's sort of what Canlytics is here to solve. We're just saying, okay, they've done all this fantastic quality assurance testing, but now we need to do the final step and get this data into the hands of the consumer. So this is a publicly available certificate. So this is, you know, a public URL. Um, you know, you browser at this and go download this certificate. And, you know, as a consumer, you know, you want to know what's in your product, right? You want to know your cannabinoids, your terpenes, and basically having the the PDF is cool, but, but what we're going to do, and we've already begun with, we've already checked off, you know, Confident Cannabis, Tag Leaf Limbs, and then I'll show you today Green Leaf Labs. But basically, we can just start parsing these COAs. That way, you can actually walk away at the end of the day with whether it's a JSON file or just a simple Excel file, you can just walk away at the end of the day with all of this data in an Excel file that you can give to your, your favorite data scientist, right? You can call Grant up on the phone and say, hey, I've got all of my data now. You know, can you, can you crunch some numbers on this? <laughs> so, so, does that help answer? Your yeah, question? yeah, it does. No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it, this is this is really neat. So, Gary, like, um, I'm not as knowledgeable on you know like terpenes or these other compounds that are that are in the products, but um, I guess I'm just interested now more in you know what what consumers care about and uh, like why they care about it. <laughs> yeah. always care about getting if you, know, if you want to know that go be a bud tender do it for a week and you will learn so much mm. it, that, that's actually a good recommendation in fact I, uh, I i i have heard somebody uh Yes, yeah, make that same recommendation. Yeah, that, yeah, if you truly want to, you know, learn a lot, you spend a week as a bud tender. Um, and so different consumers will want different things, right? Some just want the, the highest cannabinoid concentration. A lot, it, I mean, think about it, right? Here we're having the conversation about these analytes, but, you know, we're probably on like the far end of the distribution of, you know, people who are, you know, educated about this. So I, what I have found is the more that people find out about, say, terpenes or, in fact, pesticides, the more they care about them. And so, for example, I, in particular, after spending time at the laboratory, I'm particularly interested in seeing pesticide results because what people don't realize is, yes, you may have a pesticide pass, but I want to then go and make sure that, you know, it's non-detect across the board. Um, and this one did t detect for pyrethrins, but you may have to double check on that because there, it's possible that there may be some naturally occurring pyrethrins. So, but, but now as an educated consumer, you can now, you know, go and, you know, do, do your homework, right? Now you don't have to research 70 some pesticides you can now just go and say oh you know should i be concerned about you know 0.1 what i don't even know nanogram per gram or, or 
we'll have to find the units here. Yeah, yeah, UG per G. I believe that's nanogram per gram. But long story short, from my background, I believe there's some naturally occurring pyrethrins. So I think this one, you may not. Once again, do do your own homework. I would say, uh, you know, do it. Do a quick search on pyrethrins, and you'll probably learn more than I can tell you here. But this is what I would look for as a consumer: is I would look for any detects. Um, and you know, I don't think producers are gonna you know love to hear that news. But like I said, I think it's just you know it'll just kind of you know make everybody try a little bit harder um, because. You know, and not every consumer would care about this, but you know, me in particular, this is this is what I look for. And then the second thing I look for are just you know terpenes, right? So, just again speaking from personal preference, I've recently kind of learned that you know limonene may be what's what you know puts me on the couch. So I maybe would may want to try to avoid limonene if I'm, you know, you know, wanting to be productive, per, uh, so to speak. Um, but yeah. once again, this is getting into a, a whole can of worms. And this is where you may want to speak with John, because this is sort of right up John's alley and the work he's doing is, right, you're consuming many, many milligrams of many different compounds here. And what effect is this having on your body, right? Are you you kind of moving all these, you know, chemical dials in your brain? Um, but, you, you know, a lot of it's just trial and error and people are just kind of just figuring it out this haphazardly. Yeah. And I've got a, I heard a saying once that, you know, if you're not measuring it, you're not managing it. Um, and once again, uh, you know, I've basically kind of found that I sort of gravitate towards cannabis that has terpinaline in it. And it took me, you know, forever to figure this out. And then it's like, you know, what is a lot of terpinaline? And we've done, you know, the statistics here. And I think like maybe 0.2 or 0.25 is maybe the average or the, the around the mean or median. So this would be above average terpinaline. Um, once again, I'm just pulling that number out of my memory. So, you know, go double check us on this, but, but that's the thing is, you know, we're sort of these real educated consumers. And so the idea is, you know, can we, you know, get this data to more and more people so that way, hopefully, you know, other people can have these revelations about, you know, what works well for them and what doesn't, because, we're also kind of finding out that, you know, everybody's a little different, right? We all have our different biochemistries. So you, we all have individual biochemistry and then you're mixing in this complex chemistry and right now we kind of need to connect the dots. So that's, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, Canlytics is helping with this is, you know, we're trying to help people like John who essentially are doing, you know, clinical studies right where people are you know right john's doing the dosing project where people are consuming cannabis and reporting effects and now if we can get these data connected to all of that then you know people can you know start to figure out you know what a reasonable dose may look like and how they could sort of track their consumption over time that's really neat. I uh, apologize. I have to step out for a, for a work meeting now, but it's been really good to meet everyone here and, and you'll see me again. Definitely. Grant. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in and tune in anytime. Yeah. Appreciate it. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Well, since we can kind of change gears now and since I believe everyone here for the most part is a, you know, COA aficionado. Do you want to see how to start parsing these? Yeah, I'm curious to see how this is working. And then I have a question for you based on that. Yes, please. <clears throat> so I'll show you how it works. 
So essentially, the way I figured, the way I like to do a lot of programming is all the constants that you can sort of, was there a question or comment? So all the constants that you sort of can pull out into, you know, a JSON object, the better. So here's sort of just a, you know, a green leaf lab observation. Um, one second. I may have to restart this. Um, one second. Okay, so basically, I'll try to pull out all of the constants, so that way, you know, you could store this in your database. Um, and, you know, this would be a, a typical database entry, you know, for, for your given lab, right? You've got Greenleaf Lab, and you've got all their details about them. And so then the idea is, we'd like to make the analyses more variable than this, but in this case, I just went ahead and looked at Greenleaf Labs COA, and I'm like, okay, you know, here are their analyses, and it may seem like a a little bit of work, but hopefully, you should only really have to do this, you know, once or twice, because you know, I visited labs all across the country and. These are basically the standard analyses that you'll have at laboratories, right? Cannabinoids, pesticides, water activity and moisture content. You'll have terpenes, right? That may be optional. So you should basically view all of these analyses as optional. Then you've got heavy metals, microtoxins, microbial, and then foreign matter. And then in California, they call it foreign material. So that's a curveball, but you know we can work with that. So, so once again, would try to avoid that. So if there's any way we could sort of figure this out through natural language processing, that would be the best, um, right? So we could just read microbials by PCR and know that's that's microbials. Um, and as you can see, you could come close to doing that, but I've just predefined them. Um, once again, you, you know, natural language processing could probably solve that, but that's, you know, that's using a, quite the heavy power tool for, for a small task. And then basically the way I'm approaching this is I'm going to basically divide the page up. So I'll just show you how I'll do that real quick. So the idea is we can read in this PDF. Um, one second here. The idea is we can read in the PDF, and here I'll just look at the the first page, and this will just be sort of all the rectangles that we can detect on the first page. So you can see, okay, awesome. Like we can detect this. This area looks like, kind of looks like a, you know, a table rectangle area. So we can get that data real easily. And so the way I approach this is, and this is why I was saying this could almost be a, you know, a lab by lab project that you could potentially get paid for, right? So say you go to a retailer and they say, hey, you know, we've got labs for, or we've got COAs from these 10 labs. Uh, you know, you may want to, you know, that could be a good contract for you. Um, but once again, it could pay off big time for them, right? If they're able to unlock COAs from 10 different laboratories for, you know, the foreseeable future and all their historic COAs, then that's a, that's a lot of value to be added. So once again, and I'll show you how you can kind of make short work of this. And hopefully it'll get faster and faster each COA we parse. But the idea is you can just start to essentially use computer vision, right? And that's why I was saying 
uh, you know, that's what's so cool about the the PDF plumber package is it sort of works on, uh, you know, it kind of, I believe it leverages sort of, you know, sm you know, smart parsing techniques under the hood. So if you're interested, you can get the images. So I'll show you down below how you could actually get this image data. So if you were predisposed, you could get that image and display it on your website if you wanted to. Um, this is where you kind of get into who owns the copyright of that image and what exactly is copywritten. Um, and so this is where I would almost write to like, who owns like the raw data uh, of that image, I guess, right? Like is the image data itself part of the COA product, right? Is like the image data similar to like a cannabinoid result or is the image uh, like a proprietary Greenleaf Lab image? So I don't know. I suspect it goes with the client. Exactly. So, so you know, can the like if the client paid for the COA and Greenleaf Lab took that photo, you know, can the client then do anything they want with that photo? Yeah, I would. That's part of the compliance package. Yeah, that's what I that that would be my argument. Um, right, of course, Greenleaf Lab owns their own logo, but I would say, you know, if you paid for your test, then I would say your image is part of your your result. Um, but but anywho, th that's getting a little nitpicky, but th these are the kind of the cool things that we can start figuring out here in, you know, this digital 21st century. Um, because like I said, th the image data is, is quite rich. And as we're f figuring out, you know, uh, some of these image processing techniques can provide a lot of data. But we're, we're just more interested in the words. Um, so basically, whenever you get a PDF, I would say, you know, the first thing you should do is just look at all of the words on the page just to make sure that you can get everything. Um, and so here I'm just looking at the, the front page. But we can look at, um, you know, subsequent pages here. Um, oh, this one we'll need to make sure that we can, in fact, get this area here. Um, have no fear. I think we can do it. Um, but but that's sort of the first thing is, you know, make sure that you can extract the words. Have no fear. We can get those ones. But um, I think we, we may have to get down to the character level. So here, if you just look at all the characters, yes. Yeah, so 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 that so that's the thing is right. Couldn't find all the words, but look, we can get all of the characters. So so as long as you know we can get every last data point, you know there should be a way to write a clever enough algorithm to actually get the data points. So, so that's sort of the first step is just make sure that you have like an actual PDF and not like a, right? Because you may get wild things, right? You may get like an image or something that's, you know, or some sort of, right? And this would be a good detection, right? And so this, you know, not that I would expect them, but, you know, I did talk to someone once in Oregon who mentioned that this was a problem with like, you know, counterfeit COAs, but this would, you know, detect immediately if something was a, say a counterfeit COA, because you just wouldn't be able to, to read the, the characters. Um, but, but anywho, like I said, I don't, I'm, I don't think that's going to be very common. Uh, but the way I go about parsing this is by by the page area. So basically, you know, if you look at the the front page, so if you look at the COA, 
which which I recommend you do first thing is basically you just want to look at the COA and just take stock of every single data point on the COA and then think about, you know, how, you know, we're going to get every last data point off of this COA. So basically we've got the distributor, we've got the cultivator, we've got the sample details, we've got the status, we could potentially get the director and stuff, but uh, um, I'm not doing that for now. Um, if we see reason to in the future, we could. But I, I don't see a reason. But but then we see, okay, we've got this information repeated. So we only need to get that once. And then it just repeats. And then we've got new data here in this table. And then we've got a repeated footer. And so this is a common pattern that you can expect on a certificate of analysis is a common header, a common footer with your meat in the middle. So the way I approached this was I was like, okay, I'll just read the distributor data and read the producer data so you can get the distributor get the manufacturer then i was saying okay you know then you could read the sample details so you could specify you know these three areas and you know one may expect that different labs may put these in different areas or potentially green leaf labs could update their coa and things may change but hopefully you could target these areas. And basically, I was actually describing this to John the other day, but I'll just tell you. So basically, there's two approaches you could take to parsing these COAs. There's the, 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 just the, the blunt crude approach, which would just be to read everything and then just try to split the data at known points so we'll just split that lab sample split at sampling method so that was the route i originally went down but then you have to know every single field on the coa ahead of time so if you do know that so say you're the limbs provider for greenleaf labs then yes that would be the way you'd want to go but the way that I'm going to do this is basically just partition the COA into different areas and then just divide and conquer. So I'll just get the distributor data, get the producer data, get the sample details, and then look, you can get the results, just get this block of results. And so that way, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, trying to get these results and you cut out all of this noise, then it's going to make parsing this much, much easier. And I'll show you that right now. So basically, I'll just show you, right? We've, we've, we've talked the talk, let's walk the walk. So let's cut out the distributor details from the front page. So as you can see, it takes a little bit of cleaning to, right? So, right, we make our crop and we just get this, right? We can read this block of text, right? So that's this distributor, Shimmins Consulting Corporation, distributor, Shimmins Consulting Corporation. So we can read that text in pretty cleanly. So the idea is it's pretty easy to parse that crop of text. And it's fairly easy to parse the producer crop of text. So the idea is if you can specify what areas are these different sections, then it can make parsing it super simple. And 
potentially, I was thinking you could even build a user interface to make it, you know, even simpler, right? So your user interface would just be just show the PDF to somebody and just have them click squares and just say, oh, that's the square for distributor. That's the square for cultivator, so on and so forth. But once again, uh, it depends on how many of these you have to do. Once again, just uh, since we've got a little bit of extra time, uh, I'll show you how you can get the, the image data. So the COA doc, which I've initialized right here, has a nice built-in function to get the PDF image data. So here I want to go ahead and just get the image. Um, and so this, this will be the raw data for that image, right? So this image right here, as far as the computer is concerned, that image may as well be this block of text. So this doesn't mean anything to a human. This is in fact just 34,000 characters of essentially randomness, but that's your image. And so the idea is you can give this block of text to your developer and they can display that on your website or print it on a label. Um, if 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 you were so inclined on doing so, um, but that, that's a lot of text, uh, so I'm not going to be collecting all that data. <laughs> um, but if you want it, it, it's theirs for your for the taking. Um, and you know you can get the the sample details. Once again, right, the raspberry parfait. So here you see Raspberry Parfait, and it's a little bit trickier to parse these. So this little this block of code is a little bit specialized, but the idea is if myself and all of you awesome data scientists, if we keep tinkering on this, hopefully we can generalize these algorithms so that way you can just point at the area on the PDF that you want parsed and you'll get uh, your your data here. Um, and I'm just going to clear this out just uh, to save some room here. Cool. So now we've got all the distributor data. We've got all the producer data. We've got all the sample details. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we've got the product name, right? We may not yet. I was hoping we did. Well, we may not have the product name yet. Oh, that's right. I, I added it at the end. Um, so, th so there it is. Cool. So, so now the idea is divide and conquer. So basically you need to get a couple things at this point. And so this is this is why you know Canlytics is here to help help you standardize these. So basically we'll standardize the analyses. And so basically at the top I've got I put a list of all the data points that we'll collect. So we basically connect collect the analyses, collect all the distributor details, and then the, the, the big thing are the results, right? So we'll want to go ahead and get the analyses real quick, just, just to be complete, um, but then we'll get to the results. We've got all the analyses, product underwent, and then we have the status for the various tests. We can get the methods. As we found out with PSI Labs, the method to the madness, <laughs> just kidding, the, the method does matter. So it's worth keeping. 
Uh, I would like to tie these methods to the specific analysis, but uh, just for time's sake, I haven't gotten to that yet. But we've got the methods just in case. Now the fun part. And so now, because we've nicely cropped each page, remember for the results, we'll be cropping the page to the meat. We can just pull out all those rows. And then we basically have all of that data. Yes, we have to, you know, now organize it with a pretty clever algorithm. But basically, we have all the data, right? We've got all the rows, right? We've got all the cannabinoids and we've got all the terpenes. And so the way I approach this is in this case, I predefined the columns, but ideally your algorithm would be smart enough to de detect the columns. But I just went ahead and as you can see up top, I just predefined, okay, for cannabinoids, we'll have the name, the LOD, LOQ, value, milligrams per gram. On the COA, the name, LOD, LOQ, percentage, milligrams per gram. So it's not perfect, but at least we kind of know what order the data's in. And, you know, as long as, you know, Greenleaf Labs isn't, you know, changing their COA willy-nilly. And I'll tell you now that labs don't change their COAs willy-nilly. They may change them once in a while. So, you know, once in a while, the routine may need to be updated. But these are things, these are controlled documents at the laboratory that have to go through a controlled process in order to be changed. So it kind of, you know, puts the brakes on, you know, things just changing uh, rapidly overnight. So, what, so as I said, you know, it's not going to be impossible for them to change their COA, but if they do so, we can make a quick pull request to the algorithm and hopefully, you know, stay up to speed. So it's not perfect, but as I said, you know, it's unlocking such rich data that I think the I think the code was worth writing. And so Keegan, just what is it doing for you have these, I don't know if I'd call them header and footers in the tables, but you've got, you know, you've got um columns with data and then it's interrupted with bars there. In this case, it's black text bars this yeah so i'm i'm skipping those so basically i'm just going through and i'm saying oh if it starts with an analysis name if it starts with date time i'll just skip it um and so that's here i'll show you where in the code i'm doing that um okay i see what you're doing now okay well i I forget where in the code that is. No bother. I'll never see it in a million years. <laughs> but but that but that's what's happening is okay. there is still some custom algorithms. The idea is, and this is the way I approach programming in general is, I don't even mind writing a specific use case. So I wrote this, you know, specific use case. And basically I was like, I'm going to parse all the data out of this COA one way or the other. I like, I like, I, once I found out that, yes, we can read every single piece of data on here. That was the goal. It was like one way or the other, we're going to read every single piece of data. And, you know, essentially we did exactly that. So here, I'll just show you this right right now. Um, but basically, um, and also running low on battery. So if I if I cut out, it's because I lost battery. But basically, you know, we've read we've read read 
every single data point on this COA. So this would be 59, or I think it's 58 uh, data points. So so ton, tons of data. And I've tried to be as specific as possible. I mean, not as specific. I tried to be as general as possible. So that way you could generalize the code to more and more labs. But inevitably, I had to write Greenleaf lab specific code. So, so basically, you know, I tried to put as many parameters as I could into JSON. Then I tried to generalize the code as much as possible. And at the end of the day, you still have to have, or I still had to have a, a Greenleaf lab specific function. So here I wrote, a, you know, a parse Greenleaf labs function. And so the idea is, you know, all of these different functions, you know, the parse, the Greenleaf labs function, the parse confident cannabis function. These can be imported pretty quickly into COA doc. And so the idea is it's sort of this, this pluggable user interface. So you can basically just, you know, import your various labs. So here I've done Confident Cannabis, Tagleaf Lens, Greenleaf Labs, Beta Scientific, and then SC Labs. I'm still finishing that one. And then MCR Labs. We've done the URL. I don't actually have a COA PDF from them. But if they put a QR code on their PDF, then we're good to go. Um, so, Keegan, given what you've got so far, um, can we, can you issue a report that would show how homogeneous or not the analyte names are? Because these are all California COAs, and they should be, for the most part, all synonymous. But it would be interesting to see how bad that variance is on a California set right now. That would be a, fu a fun exercise. And how easy is it to do with what you've got right now? Well, in fact, this was a test that I put Candace on with. I think Candace may have done it with the, the PSI labs data, but we could do it with the SC labs data. But we can do it and essentially we can no, get all I wouldn't I wouldn't get down with the analyte names. I would at first ask it at the top level of the assay classes themselves. The analysis. The so analysis like the classes themselves, you know, start fifty thousand feet. And let's just see how how bad how good or bad synonymous is in a set of California COAs. Because that's going to tell us how we have to run our our synonym um, databases. I think they're actually the analyses are pretty similar. The only they should thing be, but and I would recommend since Veda is the most recent and is the most closest to current DCC because it's been you know they're go they've been now recently licensed and. Um, what we just got back from VEDA is their current compliance COA. It might be pretty damn current. So, so here, okay, so long story short is I think the analyses names are similar. Sometimes people use potency instead of cannabinoids. Okay. For whatever reason, this... People just like the the term potency in the industry. I just always felt it was just less formal. It's wrong. It's totally <laughs> fucking wrong. I people just prefer it. Um, it's wow. it's a hard habit to to break. It's but, just not right. So, the word potency and potent does have its time and place, but that, uh, I feel like uh, 
the word cannabinoids is more appropriate. It is uh, totally the more case. appropriate. You cannot define potency without an activity assay. And that's the last I'm going to be saying this. <laughs> but it's nomenclature that you'll see. And so fucked and, up cannabis industry bullshit. And, and in fact, I even have a way to deal with this. And the way we do it is we basically just have um, replacements. Uh, here, basically, are just common replacements that I'll make on the COA. So we could. But just at least we're not bad at the level of the analyses. Our terms are pretty synonymous, I guess, in the set you've got right now. Exactly, and so. Okay. And so basically, if there's any oddball case like that, mm -hmm. you can basically just define a new replacement and say, okay, we just want to replace potency with, you know, cannabinoids. Right. And so the idea is to make all of these little adjustments as sort of uh, configurable as possible. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is you can just configure away the the intricacies of everybody's mm -hmm. COA. So yeah. say Greenleaf Lab uses the word potency. That's not going to break anything. We'll just, we'll just make that replacement. Can I make a recommendation? Please. What you're doing is wonderful. Do not go outside the flower box, as it were, because it's going to get a lot worse when you hit processed cannabis products and it's going to be confounding. Um, so I would, at this point, just be working with flour because it'll be it'll become rabbit holes in a mess once you go off that. It could get it could be, get complex once you get to edibles. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. We'll deal with that later. <laughs> let's just you know, yeah. just, let's just do flowers. And so. Exactly. So edibles often are measured in milligrams per gram and then the milligrams per serving matters. So edibles and the product classes and everything else gets real gnarly. So edibles could be a whole can of worms. If anyone ever comes across an edible COA that they want parsed, we could take a look at it. But as you said, we may have to take it from the top. Um, later, later. <laughs> but, but, but for now, and I'll let you all get out of here. I think my battery's about to go. But for now, as I said, we can get all the results. These still need to be flattened um, and normalized a bit. I forgot to add the units, so I need to go back and add the units. But at the moment, you know, you can parse the COA and get all of this awesome data. And, you know, there's still more work to be done. But I was reading a pretty inspirational, I guess, blog post. And it was basically, or actually, I think it was even a Stack Overflow answer. But basically, somebody said that, you know, it's sort of miraculous what you can, you know, pull off a, sort of in a business model sense with good PDF parsing. You know, it's, it's a tough task. Mm -hmm. And not everybody does this well. And it's just like, it's all about attention to detail, right? You could do this quick and dirty, but we had, you know, meticulous attention to detail to the point where, you know, we can get the sample image. We can get every last piece of data off of this COA. And, you know, that's what really makes it at the end of the day is the fact that, you know, we can get it all and organize it in a way that you know you can save it and your favorite data scientist can can use this so so that's what really makes this this special i think and so for any of you that want to work on this as i said we've got a pretty well defined way to go about collecting this data at least for california we've got a nice list here of about 50 to 60 data points that you can expect on almost any COA and you should be able to readily parse these data points you know without too too much trouble 
and then, you know, write some routines um, and hopefully, you know, get paid for your work. And, you know, eyes the limit. And as I said, I think each bit that you tinker on this, I think will be helping the cannabis industry out. So that's the presentation for today. Any thoughts, comments, questions before get out of here and enjoy the, the bright sunny day? Yeah, looking good. I, and I want to thank you all for coming along and, you know, your eyes and your ears thank you, as usual. are helping. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, okay. Candice. John. See you guys. All right. Keegan, hopefully we get more. Um, as I said, we're waiting on um, Cafe Floor to um, see what they can roust up for us. So maybe it gets faster and easier as, um, you know, if, if you've gotten this far, um, maybe it's not so hard to put a new one in and see how fast it parses. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking is it's almost, uh, you know, the classic learning by doing. So the more of these that we do, the better.